When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy holidays, Steeler Nation. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is KT Smith. It is great to be here. It is Christmas Day in um, me, Christmas Eve in America and all around the world. Well, depends what time zone you're in, but we are so glad to be with you for this special edition of the Steelers QA. It's a victory slash holiday edition. Kevin Smith, Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you, Brian. Same to everybody out there. Steelers gave us a little early Christmas present. That's awesome. I know everybody's excited to talk about that. And so this is your show, not ours. We are going to be talking about, of course, the Steelers' victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though it was very improbable, well, it's it's a reality. And they beat the Cincinnati Bengals twice. Kevin, we had somebody come on our show yesterday. Not come on our show, but it was a comment it was a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Um, called us uh, the name for Pittsburgh that, uh, you know, it rhymes, but it uh, means feces. <laughs> and said that, you know, basically. Very, very creative. Very, a blind I, I, squirrel finds <laughs> a nut every once in a while. Uh-huh. And, well, guess what? The blind squirrel found two nuts this year. Yeah, I got some nut comments for that guy, but I'll, I'll, I'll withhold them for, uh, you know, the sake of this being a family show. But, you know. So I am looking as uh, people are starting to uh, people are starting to come on in. This is great because you're the ones that subscribe to our channel. We really appreciate you. Um, it's great to see some familiar names and even unfamiliar names as well. Remember, this is your show. We're going to talk about everything that you want to talk about, but we're going to mix in some Steeler holiday memories as well. And there are plenty of them. As I look through, I'm going to Captain Underpants, Bad and Coach Smith, my Christmas wishes are coming true. Well, thank you. Wow. I really appreciate that. I love the you I love the username. Captain Underpants is a favorite in the Smith house. We've watched that many times with my kids. Well, you know, Captain Underpants is uh he's a winner at fans for sports network. He, he, uh, w- I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he won the tickets at our ticket giveaway early on. He's been with us since the beginning guys like, uh, nap 1963. I've had a chance to sit next to him at a couple games this season saying Merry Christmas. It's great to see you. Of course, Claude and chair devil and Tim J Daniel red Pittsburgh, toddy 86. Nice to see Mark Malone. Nice to see Mark Malone in here, too. So it's great to see all of you in here. It's your show, and Captain Underpants has the very first question. It's, does Mason start next week? Yeah, you know, you and I just talked about that uh, on the Here We Go show. I think he should. 
I believe he should. I'll give you, I'll give you real quick my, my reasons why Rudolph should start. One, Pickett's coming off a three weeks, uh, three week layoff with the, with the ankle. Uh, you, the Steelers are in a must win situation. They can't roll the dice that Pickett will be playing to full form. He, he may be rusty. Uh, two, Mason Rudolph obviously demonstrated that uh, that he is ready to go. The Steelers had said going into the Indianapolis game that they that they considered starting him, but they worried about him being rusty. Uh, obviously, he didn't he didn't show signs of that against Cincinnati. And then three, the chemistry alone that he developed with George Pickens warrants him getting another shot. I mean, obviously, Pickens is obviously a game changer when he's integrated into the offense properly. And uh, the fact that Rudolph and Pickens just were on the same page and were able to turn in such a big game, to me, warrants another start for Rudolph. I really think it does, but it makes me wonder what the progression here is if you don't want to Wally Pip a guy. And I don't even think that is the same thing as Lou Gehrig back in the 1930s, but it's something I do have to bring up. Also in the show here, Brian Brown, always here brian brown's a guy that absolutely hates the cincinnati Bengals, so i know he's very happy he's here too jeremiah yoder's in the house too lots of emojis so i've got to bring it up merry christmas and happy holidays pittsburgh steelers nation our pittsburgh steelers are eight and seven as of last night's win over cincinnati nap says getting the yesterday happy for mr2 but the last decent offensive performance was against cincy maybe it's just the bungles what do you think <laughs> Is it just the the bungles? The, the, it helps. They're they're in the bottom third of the NFL in basically every statistical uh, metric. But I don't think that you can say that Cincinnati's defense was solely responsible for that performance. The Steelers created 17 points off of explosive plays, 17 points off of turnovers. When you create turnovers on defense and explosive plays on offense, you win the football game. And a few of those explosive plays were the result of really good quarterback play. Cincinnati wasn't in terrible position on the 66-yard touchdown throw to Pickens. That was just an absolute dime by Rudolph. And, I mean, Rudolph did a great job reading coverage. I think the win was more the result of elevated play on the offense and good scheming on the defense than it was an inferior opponent. Cincinnati's been playing good football. They played themselves back into the playoff picture. So while, yeah, the Steelers have had some success against the Bengals this year, that was not a bad football team, or at least not a team playing bad football that they beat on Saturday. All right. I I got to bring up Mark Malone. Never worried about any kind of controversy. I'm going to have to edit this a little <laughs> bit. This dude just starts lighting it up, and MFers still question him. Do you – and let me go ahead and edit this with the official definition – do you, a person born of parents not married to each other, <laughs> not like scoring points? Uh, well, I mean, a, a guy I used to coach with, like whenever we would, whenever we would uh, screw up what was going to be a big play, he would he would say that player's name, whoever it was, you know, and then he would say, "Joe, Joe hates touchdowns." You know, so <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Steelers fans hate touchdowns, right? Come on, man, let's go, let's roll with Mason again. Well, here's the question I have, and and it's a legitimate question because I'm ta I've been taking some heat. And, you know, I never mind taking heat, but is it sustainable? History says no. History says no. We, 
We've seen Mason Rudolph in the past. We know that he's not been able to play at a high level for uh, you know a long period of time. But I don't know. Maybe the Steelers don't need him to play at a high level for a long period of time. It, maybe they need him to put, be able to push the ball down the field, right? The deep ball. I, the, the, the obvious ways in which the deep ball opens up the offense were on display on Saturday. Maybe that chemistry with, with Pickens is enough. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle get the Duck Hodges effect, right, where he plays well for a couple of weeks. This isn't week three, and you need him to sustain it all year long. You need him to sustain it for a couple of weeks and then get some help. So, and is the alternative better? I mean, we've seen Kenny Pickett now for a while, and he's coming off of off of surgery and on almost a month off. So when you put those things on the scale, which one weighs more? To me, it's Rudolph. And you know what? I am. Don't get me wrong. I am enjoying this. I loved Mason's performance. I think it was great. I just have to ask that question. Is it sustainable? I'm glad you brought that up that it only has to be a couple of weeks. So fly high asked. So is Kenny to be cleared for next week? I don't think we have, do we have the answer to that right now, Brian? I don't think we have the answer to that. No, but it kind of seems like it, right? It, if, if he was practicing this week and history of Kenny Pickett shows that the last time he had this particular surgery, which he did at the university of Pittsburgh, it took him 26 days to get back on the field. This would be 28 days for Kenny Pickett to get back on the field. It's, you know, it's a possibility. But at this point right now, I could understand starting Mason Rudolph. I'm just saying what I kind of think they're going to do is if Kenny Pickett is, they feel he's 100%, I think they're going to start him. Hmm. So you and I mentioned this on Here We Go. <laughs> this is really a setup for uh, the result, because no matter what the Steelers do, if they win, Tomlin and the staff will be credited with making the right call. And if they lose, they're, they're, people are going to kill them for making the wrong call, right? So, and, and that, that puts us in a win-win as, fan, <laughs> as fans. We can just wait back and see what happened and then, and then do the I told you so in the aftermath. But again, man, I'm just trying to put it out there. I'll, I'll be the first one to apologize if, if I'm wrong about this. If you start Rudolph, he plays poorly, and everybody says, "Oh, they should have played Pickett." Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be there to own up. That's why the coaches make the make the big bucks. They got to make these hard decisions. Captain Underpants asked, "Does GP's night get credited to MR or the horrible Bengals secondary?" No, again, like I just said, I, th- I think that that there were some instances where where they were in pretty good position, especially on that second touchdown, that sixty six yarder. That was good coverage. Rudolph threw a dime. If you watch that play again. Pickens doesn't break stride. And you know, you know, the best part of that play was that ball was thrown so well that Pickens was, uh, was able to have late hands. Like late hands is, is like something you talk about with a wide receiver where he doesn't have to put his hands up till the very last second because the ball is so accurate that he doesn't have to extend. And, and often the D-back is looking for the, the, the receiver's hands to go. If the receiver's hands go, then the D-back's hands go. And Pickens' hands went so late on that because that ball was so accurately thrown that the DB didn't get a chance to react to it. And then from there, it was a foot race. So I, you know, I, I think while I agree that the Bengal secondary is not very good, I thought that uh, the combination of good route running and ball placement made their night a lot tougher. Brian Brown will a comment. The Bengals can kiss it. And I'm a Mason supporter. Been called nuts for two years for saying Mason should start Pittsburgh toddy. I gave Mason a lot of feces. I was wrong all caps, an enormous overflowing plate of crow is on the menu and I'm happy to eat it. Happy to eat it too. 
Yeah. I, th- I thought Ru- uh, that, that Rudolph would be an improvement on Trubisky because that is the lowest bar we can set right now. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky played bad football, and that's just, that's a shame. I think we never I – don't, I don't think we'll see him throw another pe- pe- uh, pass as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, but I did not see that coming, man. So we're all in that same boat, man. We're all just, you know, kind of pleasantly eating crow right now. Who's the bigger winner here, Kevin Smith? Is it Mason Rudolph? Or is it the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because it seems like Mason Rudolph just secured a contract for next year as a backup, and the Steelers don't have to look to replace two backups next year. It's interesting that Rudolph said after the game that entering the entering the game, he was wondering if he'd be selling commercial real estate next year which really gives you some perspective about what a huge opportunity it was for him. It was probably make or break as far as his NFL career goes. If he played badly on Saturday, the, the, you know, there was enough already written about Mason Rudolph. He put enough on film for teams to, to say, I'm going to pass on that guy. And it was probably time for him, as they say, to get on with his life's work. But obviously what he did put on film Saturday will encourage, if not the Steelers and probably somebody else to take a chance on him. I, I heard during the broadcast, he was the 56th different starting quarterback in the NFL this season. That's incredible. And so when you think about the number of opportunities that are out there, he certainly showed that if there's that many jobs to be had or potential jobs to be had, that that he should occupy one of them. Yeah, and it's funny. When we were growing up, there was only 28 teams. So that would be two for each of the 28 teams. If they get, what, eight more if I do my math correctly, then they're going to double up the 32 teams. So that's really interested as far, interesting as far as quarterbacks go. Lorraine Surwick, I hope I pronounced that correctly. If I didn't, please let me know. And you can go ahead and uh, spell it out phonetically in the comment section. But Lorraine says they played as a team, made a difference. Kevin, is that the biggest X factor for this win? Huge team win. Huge team win, right? Got contributions in all phases. Great job on the defensive side of the ball, plugging in these new guys, uh, whether they're brand new like like Eric Rowe or Miles Jack or or if they're, they're, they're guys that have been there this year playing a new position like Patrick Peterson. I mean, it, it, at one point they're, they were down four safeties and four linebackers. They're playing with like basically the fifth and sixth safeties and the fifth and sixth linebackers. Uh and then obviously, right, you get the big contributions from the expected guys like Watt and Highsmith. Uh, the offensive line played really well. So absolutely, I, I think I told you earlier, I thought that that was maybe the best team win of the season. Chris Long says, in all seriousness, watching Mason interviews, Mason brings a level of shorty and grown-ass man behavior, even if he'll never prove to be startled, uh, prove to be a starter. He proved to be a capable number two somewhere or here. Jeremiah Yoder says Mason got his shot last night and boy, did he deliver last night, which was beautiful to see my gosh. Uh, the end of that is all caps. So he's emphatic about that. Uh, wow. Um, M dot Marcus 39. Why go back with Kenny? He wasn't playing well before he got injured. Yeah. Preach Marcus. I'm with you, man. Uh, as far as Mason goes, the uh, the comments that he made afterwards about how he thought he, even though he hadn't taken a snap in, in over two seasons, he felt he was a better quarterback because of the ability for, of him to sort of sit back the last couple of years, learn, process, even just taking virtual reps. 
He just felt like he was more mature. He understood defenses better. And and he prepared himself the right way. It would have been easy for that guy to sulk. Why am I, am I getting my shot? The Steelers haven't had good quarterback play from Pickett and Trubisky, right? I mean, he could have been a distraction. He didn't. He handled it all like a professional. I think that was really refreshing to see. Claude Bishop, let's be honest, bad. Kenny and Mitch can't read a defense, and Mason Ashley looked like an NFL quarterback last night. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that 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 Kenny Pickett can't read a defense. Uh, I think that the quality of coaching on the offensive side of the football matters, and that maybe if given a, a different coaching staff, then Kenny Pickett can flourish. But you sure saw Mason Rudolph make a difference in that regard. Again, the first touchdown pass, the second play of the game, that's Rudolph understanding that it's man coverage, putting a slant on the money to Pickens. There's a play in the second drive where the Steelers run a run kind of like a bubble screen out of the backfield to Jalen Warren, but it's cover three and the alley player jumps the bubble screen and Rudolph comes right off the read and he hits a little wheel route to Allen Robinson up the sideline for a big play. That's him totally understanding it was cover three. So he he knew what he was getting and he knew where to go with the football. And that, that, that seems like uh, fairly basic stuff, but the Steelers haven't gotten a lot of that this year. All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk more about the holiday season here because a lot of people are really excited about the big gift that the fans got yesterday with this big win. So let's talk about the Steelers at Christmas time. I always enjoy watching the game more right before Christmas. And it doesn't ruin my Christmas if they lose. But you feel so much better going into a holiday when they have a victory. And I did not expect this victory coming in. Do you have memories? And I, I want the live chat to chime in on this too. What's one of your all-time favorite games right before Christmas that the Steelers have played in? For me, it's that Steelers-Ravens game on Christmas night. I don't know how many years ago that was. 2016. 2016, right? The Antonio Brown, uh, you know, game where he reaches the ball across. Uh, I think that was that that was that game. Um, but I was at my I was at my uh, my brother in law's house, so it's my wife's family, and none of them are real, you know, big football fans. I mean, it's a it's a big they're a big soccer house, and uh, I'm a huge obviously football fan. So I, I basically had to coerce them to put the Steelers game on. And then they got to see me. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I think around the family, I'm a fairly laid back guy. I'm not real demonstrative. I'm not very loud. Uh, but they got to see me in full Steelers Ravens lunatic mode, yelling at the TV, like stomping around, basically being, you know, a fool, which I think many of us are as we, as we watch our favorite team. So I, I put that on display for the family. I think weirdly they may they may respect me <laughs> more for that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Some of them probably respect me less. But it was awesome. It was great to watch. And, you know, you, the passion that you display as a fan uh, is is just something I think that is is infectious and genuine. And I just, you know, I, I uh, if they if they hold a grudge against me because of that, then shame on them. Mr. Wood City and uh, Daniel Red agree with you on that game. Um, big buff also just uh, Steelers Ravens with my young nephew, the night he became a Steelers fan. That's, that's huge. One of my favorite ones, and I've got a lot of favorites right before the Christmas holiday. I want to go back to another, 
another December 23rd game. And this was very special because it was the 30th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, just like yesterday was the 51st anniversary. But this was 2002. The Steelers, with Tommy Maddox at quarterback, needed to go down to Tampa Bay to play the eventual Super Bowl champions that year. It was There were fights in the pregame, and the Steelers beat the Tampa Bay Bucks to stay alive, and it was just a, a fun game on Monday Night Football. For, for a, uh, a non-rivalry, there were a couple Steelers-Bucks games in the early 2000s, the Lathan Flowers and the Paper Champions remark. and Warren uh, Sapp. Yeah, Bettis rumbling for 140-something yards in that game down in Tampa, throwing a touchdown pass uh, in, in that to Jeremy yep. Tooman. They, those were some pretty good rivalries for a, a non-traditional rivalry. Sap running through their warm-ups and James Barrier taking somebody out in warm-ups <laughs> and not getting kicked out of the game. That was great, man. So here's another one. And I have, uh, I was looking behind me because I have a picture of this actual game. If we go back to uh, 2005, and that was a special year because the Steelers finally came back and won a Super Bowl and that season, and it was all taking shape. Ben was in his second year. The Steelers go up to Cleveland on New Year's Eve. And I had just gotten into a really bad car accident. I was lucky to, I was lucky to be fine, but I was very sore. And I was, I was just happy that I was alive because I went to see my car, uh, get the stuff out of my car at the uh, salvage lot. And there was a car that was, was looked like it was barely hit and the person died in the car. And so I was very thankful at Christmas time right there and i sat down just sore like crazy watching the steelers and i can't remember the exact score whether it was 41 nothing or 45 nothing beating the browns but that's the day that james harrison body slammed a cleveland browns fan on the field (laughs) i remember james harrison being interviewed about that and he said as he saw that fan come running on the field the thought in his mind was i got a freebie on this one which basically means I can do whatever I want to this guy and they're not going to punish me because he's on the field illegally. <laughs> he must have lit up with the opportunity to, you know, WWE choke slam that guy. And of course, the immaculate reception was right before Christmas. I was uh my gosh, I just turned a year old, but pittsburgh.toddy86, I remember our entire family huddled around a radio when the immaculate reception happened. Even my grandparents were jumping around and yelling. And the Steelers on December 23rd, since the Immaculate Reception, are now 5-2 and two with that win yesterday. The only losses were against the Bengals in 2012, and that really bad Saints loss. It wasn't a bad loss, but it was, it, it was a very devastating loss just a couple years ago. I believe in 2018 or, yeah, I believe it was 2018. Yeah. Was, it, was that the one Juju fumbled late? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, so that that's uh that's so awesome. Um there, there's other games I remember. Uh, one that they lost in 1995, right before Christmas, it, but it was a game that you felt good even though they, they lost because they had just won nine straight. 
and they lost to the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, a game that Green Bay was expected just to blow them out. And Yancey Thigpen caught the winning touchdown from Neil O'Donnell, and his knee came out and knocked it out of his hands. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I remember that game very well, right? Snow flurries. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, Matt Smith asked this question. If we all ask for the same thing, will Santa bring us a playoff game? <laughs> uh, we were just on the Santa tracker in my house uh, before we came on here. So uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think somebody somebody posted it in here. They, they said something about uh, if the Texans lose out and the Colts lose out and the Steelers win out, the Steelers, the Steelers will make it. I don't know if that's a accurate accurate or not, but I'm, I'll root for that scenario. That doesn't seem totally improbable. It's interesting because the, uh, the Texans and Colts do play each other and you, you've got, you've got some really interesting games here. It's uh, you really need the Cleveland Browns. I know this is blasphemy. You got to have the Cleveland Browns beat the Texans today. And it doesn't hurt to have the Ravens, run away with the division now because remember the Steelers cannot win the division yeah there's no possible way so yeah def- definitely need the Ravens to beat Miami in, in a week from now so that they have will have clinched the number one seed and we'll rest some guys so Brian Brown asked what exactly has to happen I will tell you this you definitely need the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Colts um that that's possible you need the Rave, excuse me, not the Ravens. You need the Browns, like we just said, to beat the Houston Texans. You need the Bills to lose a game. Um, you, the, the Cleveland Browns are in a position where it really doesn't matter. Since you need them to win, it doesn't matter if they make the playoffs. There's going to be two other spots for the Steelers to get in. Right now, they are sitting at the number nine seed going into Sunday's game. So, there, there's a possibility, but the bottom line is it's not going to be possible unless the Steelers win out. Yeah, the Bills got to go down to Miami in week 18. That'll be a tough one. And if Miami loses to Ball, <coughs> excuse me, Baltimore the week before. And, and be, Dallas today. Yeah, then that'll then that'll be a big game for Miami. That, that could actually even be for the division if they lose both those games. What's up with the Chargers always screwing the Steelers, Brian? I mean, they had that game in hand. Always, today. always. You know, you go back a couple years ago to the missed field goal, and two thousand thirteen. Yeah, man. I mean, and then then yesterday they had that game, and you know, whatever. Damn Chargers. <laughs> Brian Brown says, "Oh God, I have to pull for Cleveland. That's like pulling for your poop not to stink." Oh, that's a nice nice image, Brian. So. <laughs> Uh, I think with that one, it's time to get on out of here. This was a very special episode. We got to talk about the Steelers and the Bengals. We got to talk about some holiday memories. But before I do so, I'm going to ask you one more question. What's the most interesting Steelers Christmas gift you've ever received? And I know, I think I know this answer um, because I think it's something that your parents gave you when you were young. Uh, my parents gave me when I was young. Um, we've, we've had this conversation before, Kevin. Oh, we have? Damn, Didn't I'm they give old. you a, a like a JCPenney Steelers jersey when you were growing up in New Jersey? That is true. That is a, a, a knockoff number 58, which was like, uh, you know, 
the the one that you probably was was 130 percent you know polyester you know, could have survived a nuclear war i but still I, have I, my franco in my jack ham jersey yeah that, from jc pennies or sears it was one of the catalogs i think the best one I ever got to on the chair behind me man that that autograph troy palomalu jersey if you see on the floor right there i did not notice that until you pointed it out Okay, if you see on the floor right there, there's some silver at the top of the floor. That's Troy Palomalo's signature. Somebody got me that uh, for for Christmas a few years back. I, I love that jersey. He's one he's one of my all time favorite Steelers. Absolutely. You know, I have received so many Steelers gifts over the years. That's what people seem to get me, and I, I love it and I cherish all of them. The strangest one I've ever got was a crocheted Steelers fly swatter. <laughs> crocheted. Yes. Nice. My my mom and sister used to like to go to craft shows, and I swear that if it was like a Steeler suicide machine, because it had the hypocyclers on it, they would have bought it for me. You know, what I mean, it's just like as long as the Steelers on it. Oh, Brian will love this. <laughs> hey, a Steelers enema kit, get it for Brian. You know. Um, <laughs> so, it, <laughs> all right. So uh, now that we've reached 69 in the live chat, it's time to get on out of here. We've got to say this to you all. We absolutely adore you. Whether you think our takes are terrible, like somebody yesterday uh, in the postgame show said that, uh, Brian, you absolutely know nothing about football. You uh, just want to hear yourself speak. And actually, I don't like hearing myself speak. I don't listen to me on the back end. But whether you disagree with us or not, we love you and we can't do these shows without you. So thank you so much for being a part of our steel curtain network family. We had some change this year in 2023 and it's all going to blow up in a great way in 2024. So make sure that you stick around to not only the steel curtain network, but fans first sports network for everything. Now, before I say goodbye and Merry Christmas to everyone, I want to say a very special Merry Christmas to my great friend, KT Smith. I've never had a chance to shake his hand and be in his presence, but I feel like he's one of my closest friends in the world because I spend every single week in season and off season, at least once with Kevin Smith, talking to him through this machine here known as my computer. And I absolutely adore you listening to you as a clinic. Um, I'm blessed for having you in my Steeler life. Thanks so much, KT. Merry Christmas. Yeah, much appreciated, Brian. Same to you, man. It's a pleasure to be able to do, do this with you. Everybody out there, thank you so much for your support. Trying to get this new venture off the ground, fans first, and the Steel Curtain Network has been a heavy lift, man. But it, we feel like the momentum is there, and, and that's a credit to everybody. It's going to get bigger and better. So please stay with us. Thanks so much, and everybody have a wonderful Christmas and holiday. All right, let's do a uh, a quick Steel Curtain Network Merry Christmas roll call. Make sure I don't miss anybody here. But Merry Christmas to my partners in crime, Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield. Let's not forget about the guy that usually does the Q&A, Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar, Daniel J., Shannon White, the homies, Kevin Tate, Brandon Harriet, Big G, Sean Gurley, Pace Saunders. We're not going to forget about Greg Benevent and Kyle Kyle Kreiss from What Yin's Talking About. We are not going to forget about Big Bro Sco. Merry Christmas to all of you. I don't think, please tell me, Kevin Smith, 
I didn't miss anybody, did I? Uh, Brian, you know, you got you got better recall than I do. I I think I I think I oh Tony Defio. Tony Defio as well. Uh he hasn't been doing podcasts lately, but a big part of our Steel Curtain Network family as far as on the writing side. Uh we're gonna hopefully hear Tony on the mic again. But thank you to all of you and thank you to everybody in the live chat. Daniel Red, thank you for uh, mentioning Tony Defio there. Merry Christmas to all of you, all of our family. Uh, we can't free Tony. We want to free Tony. It's his computer issues. <laughs> Do a live chat to get Tony a, a, a better internet service. <laughs> Brian Brown. There you go. Uh, but anyways, now thank you so much to all of us from all of us here at fans for sports network god bless you merry christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate this time of year we absolutely adore you kevin let's do our here we go the steelers show outro keep your feet on the ground keep reaching for those hypocycloids everybody This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.